here trying to help you. I'm here to give you what it took me 30, 30 years in ministry to get. All right, now one of the greatest reasons I'm doing this word, I'm ministering on this word, what I minister on now, is because there's so much confusion in the body of Christ. We have been taught by people, like I said before, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, who wrote a lot of books, who wrote a lot of books. And in all their books, that's what they got in their books. Jesus is coming. You know, and always Jesus is coming. You know, but that's not the truth. And so that's why I want to do today, I want to make sure I minister to you uh, grace and truth. Amen. And we know grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So what I'm doing today, I'm, I'm doing a series, Titus chapter 2, told us in verse 13, looking for that blessed hope. But we are not the one looking for the blessed hope. And that's the thing. People have given that message to the body of Christ. Like we are the one looking for the blessed hope. I said to you before, uh, I look at myself as a young man, and I can remember 1988, where people put out in the body of Christ that Jesus was coming in 1988. And they had all kind of books written. 88 reasons why Jesus is coming in 88. And then the year 2000, some of you ought to be able to remember that. Y2K, the year 2000. Oh, believe me. Everybody thought when they got up the next morning, I'm going like, you got to be kidding me. So, you know, but people are believing this. I mean, you go online, uh, that's all you see. That's all you see, people trying to predict when Jesus is coming. You know, but listen, and then I'm going to show you something. He already came. Now, this morning I gave you a timeline. I'm going to go back there. I'm going to read the timeline. But after, but after we get you in the message, okay? Now, remember, we gave you our series. Our series is Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 15, looking for that blessed hope. But then today we are talking about Jesus came to do the Father's will. So that's what we, we want to make sure you don't get off. Let's go back to John. John 4, 34. We're just going to show you some scriptures. Jesus came to do the Father's will. We're going to do these rapidly because we did it this morning because I want to get into a lot of new information, okay? John chapter 4, verse 34. Out of our King James. Jesus said to them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. This is what Jesus says, and to finish his work. So he came to do the Father's will and to finish his work. And remember, that's why Jesus came. So when you say that you don't believe in, you know, the Lord has did this, the Lord has did that, then you're saying that Jesus didn't finish his work. Why do we preach grace? Because grace is the finished work of God. See, that's why so many people not finished work. Finish, that's why they are not preaching grace. They're still preaching repentance. They're still preaching baptism. They're still preaching foot washing. They're still preaching all these other things. But they're not preaching Christ. Christ is the finished work of God. 
So when you preach Christ, you're preaching the finished work. All right? Christ is the end of the law. That's why you don't preach the law. Christ is the end of the law. Well, the Christ, Christ also is the end of the prophets. Christ is the end of the Psalms. Christ is the end of the law. See, Christ is the end of all the old covenant. Everything in the old covenant was talking about Christ. All right, let's go look at another. John chapter 6, verse 38. Let's rush through these. John 6, 38, out of the King James. We're going to read 38, 39, and 40. John chapter 6. And then we're going to go back to John chapter 5, verse 24. The Gospel of John chapter 6, verse number 38. There we go. He says, I'm come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. So the, Jesus came to do the Father's will. And this is the Father's will which has sent me. Here's what he came to do. That of all which he has given me, I shall lose nothing, but shall raise it up again at the last day. So all of those people that followed Jesus Christ, God says his whole plan was to raise them up again at the last day. Now, if you don't believe that, you, you are saying, well, Jesus hadn't come. So that means you are saying that those people never been raised up from the dead. See, you got to understand what you're saying. What you're saying means something. Either you believe in the word or you're not believing the word. All right, verse number 40. I'm going to tell you again. John chapter 6, verse 40. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone, watch this, who seeth the Son. So he's going to break it down to tell you who he's talking about. So he's not talking about us, because you never saw Jesus. Jesus did not come in your day. Jesus came 2,000 years ago. So everyone that saw him, talking about Jesus Christ within the flesh, and believeth on him. They saw him and believed. They were promised everlasting life. May have everlasting life. And then he said he will raise them up at the last day. He promised them everlasting life. And also he will raise them up at the last day. Let's go back to John chapter 5. And we're going to see because he put this in a bunch. John 5, 24. So you got to understand what you are saying. I don't believe Jesus Christ. Uh, I believe he came in the flesh, but I don't believe he did this yet. So you are saying he didn't finish his work. I'm going to show you in just a moment. Jesus sat down. Now you got to understand for him to sat down on the throne, he had to come and finish the Father's work. And he told us in John 17. Father, I have finished the work thou gave me to do. I'm going to show you that one today. John chapter 5. So remember, I'm going to go to John chapter 17. <laughs> when I leave here, I said it this morning, but I don't like to say stuff and not show it to you. That's John 17, 4. We'll go there after this. We're in John 5, 24. That's what, here we go. Verily, verily, I say to you, John 5, 24. He that hears my words and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death to life. Verily, verily, I say to you, the hour is coming. Not the month, not the year, the hour. 
is coming. And now is. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, 2,000 years ago, and they that hear shall live. Verse 27. Verse 26, I'm sorry. For as the Father has life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself. As he and has given him authority to execute judgment. So Jesus came to execute judgment because he's the Son of Man. So remember, when Jesus came, he came to execute judgment. What you're saying is he hadn't done that yet. He still got to come and do that. Now, I'm going to show you in the Word in Romans 4.15. He can't execute judgment now. He, he can't even, if he came right now, he could not execute judgment. Why, Pastor? Because we are not under the law. You can't execute judgment to people who were not under the law. Now, if I die without Christ, I can go to hell. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about to come and judge the world. Jesus Christ has already done that. All right. Now watch this. In verse 27, he has given him authority, watch this, to execute judgment also because he's the son of man. Marvel not at this. For the hour is coming. Not year, month, all that stuff. The hour is coming. In the which all that are in the graves, what is he going to fulfill? He's going to fulfill the book of Daniel chapter 12. Verse 1 through 5. All that's in the graves. All that's in the graves. Isn't that something? All that's in the graves shall hear his voice. And verse 29 says, and shall come forth from the grave. They that have done good to the resurrection of life. And what is that? That's, that, that's Matthew 25. He's going to separate the, he's going to separate the wheat from the tails. He's going to separate the uh, the sheep from the goats. See, he taught that already. They're going to come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil to the resurrection of damnation. All right? All is in the grave. All right? Now, Jesus talked about that. I'm not going to be able to go that. All right, let's go to John 17, because I want to show you verse 5. See, I got a whole lot of stuff that comes up. I can show you. All this stuff... It's in the Word. John 17, 5. Watch this. I'm sorry, 4. I said 5. John 17, 4. Forgive me. Jesus says, I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work which thou gave me to do. I have finished the work. Let's go to John 19, 30. John 19 and 30. Watch what Jesus is going to say. When he died on the cross. See, the Father gave him the work to finish. Let's see the finish. John chapter 19, verse 30. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. So if Jesus Christ finished his work, God gave, sent him to finish the work. Did he finish it? Well, let's go and show you he sat down. Go to Hebrews 1 and 3. We're going to get there. Just want to show you a lot of, a lot of stuff I wasn't able to show you this morning. Go to the book of Hebrews. From the book of Hebrews chapter 1. 
Yeah, we'll go back there in a moment. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. All right, but let's look at Hebrews. We got two, yeah. I'm going to be going there in Hebrews 10 and 12. I got that in my notes. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 said, God who has sunned the time. Hebrews 1 and 1. God who has sunned the time and in divers manner spake in, the, spake in time past to the fathers. Watch this. By the prophets. Now, I've seen people teach this, but they put that in the wrong position. The time passed to the fathers were back in the days of the prophets. So when, how did God speak to the prophets? How did God speak to David? How did God speak to David? By the prophet. See, God spoke to the fathers by the prophet. So it could not be in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It could not be in, uh, in the New Covenant. All right? Hath. Now you're going to get to verse 2. Hath in these last days spoken to us, Paul says, by his son. He said, look, God has spoken to us by his son. And then Paul said he did it in the last days. You think the last days in our future? That was 2,000 years ago. The book of Hebrew was written in A.D. 64. That's what Paul said to them, A.D. 64. Whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. All right? But in verse 3, he said, who being in the brightness of his glory. Watch this. Who being in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, watch what he did, purge our sins. Now, you know today, do you know today people today still are baptizing in water in Jesus' name to get rid of sins? Did you know that? The same people who do not believe what I'm preaching are still preaching baptism in water in Jesus' name to get rid of sin. There are people still repenting to get rid of sin. There are still people washing feet. There are still people eating the bread and the wine off the table to get rid of sin. Why do you think they're doing that? Because they think Jesus has not come. The same people will tell you Jesus hasn't come yet. If you think I'm lying, ask them. Just ask them. If, they, that, if that's the church you go to, ask them. If they do communion, what they call bread on the table, wine on the table to confess your sin, repentance, Water baptism, if they do that, the same people do not believe Jesus has come yet. Don't forget I said it. Verse 3, who be in the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself, watch this, purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the master on high. Jesus came here, Died on the cross. The last thing he did after he finished all his work, he came to the cross and died on the cross and said to the Father, it is finished. Now the problem is the church, now I can understand because the world don't believe this. I can understand because the world don't believe it's finished. But the church the people who go to church every Sunday? The people who name the name of Christ don't believe it's finished. 
They still think Jesus has not finished the work the Father gave him to do. Why, why do you think he came? Came to finish the work. All right, let's keep going. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. Oh, this is just goes on and on. I'm going to show you another in Revelation chapter 4, the first three verses. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. We're going to read, Hebrew, let's back up to Hebrews 10 and verse 9. Let's back up there a little bit. Thank you. Verse number 9. Here we go. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. We're going to come to you on this side. Then said Jesus, lo, I come. Watch this. To do thy will. Oh, wait a minute. He came to do the Father's will, right? I came to do thy will, O God. Watch what he did. He taketh away the first. Now that word taketh away means fulfilled. If you have not made that adjustment in your Bible, you want to put down that fulfilled. He fulfilled the first. Fulfilled the first what? The first covenant. He taketh away means what? He fulfilled. He fulfilled the first covenant that he may establish the second covenant. Just think about it. He fulfilled the first covenant that he may establish the second covenant. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. Watch this. Once for all. Every priest standing daily and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. People are giving you bread on the table, wine in a glass every Sunday, which can never take away sin. You are wasting your time. You go to every Saturday and talk to a person behind a glass which can never take away your sin. You eat bread off a table every Sunday or whenever you do it which can never take away your sin. You get in water and let somebody baptize you, which can never take away your sin. But watch that verse. Watch what that verse says. But this man, oh, I love that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, forever, Jesus offered one sacrifice for sins forever. God offered up his son on the cross once, forever, for everybody. See, the problem is you just could be an unbeliever, not knowing it. Verse number 12, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, watch what he did. Sat down on the right hand of God. Why did he sit down, Pastor? He sat down 
because so many people did not believe it was finished. Watch what he did. Watch what the father did. The Bible says he sat down, henceforth expecting, till his enemies, who didn't believe he finished, be made his footstool. Sat down on the right hand of God. Henceforth expecting till his enemy be made his footstool. Verse 14. For by one offering has he perfected forever them that are sanctified. And yet people are washing feet to sanctify you today. There are people who are washing you off with water to get you cleansed and sanctified. They don't, don't believe the Bible. What are you doing there? Let's go to Revelation chapter 4. See, when the father sent his son to do his will, and you turn around and don't think he did his will, you know, that's big time stuff, man. Chapter 4. If I'm going to call anybody a liar, it won't be God. Revelation chapter 4. Now, I'm going to do verse 3, but I want to do a couple more verses before I get there. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. After this, John said, and, and, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. A door was opened. And the first voice which I heard was, it, it was a trumpet talking with me, which says, come up hither. And I will show you things which must be hereafter. Now remember, God is showing John everything he's doing during the days when the tribulation was, the time of the tribulation. How, how do you know that, Pastor? When you read the first chapter, John told you where he was. When I get through with this, I'll show it to you. And verse number one, remember, John was in the tribulation also. This is when God gave him the book of Revelation, when all this was taking places. John says, it was a trumpet with, talking with me, saying, come up hither, I will show you things which must be hereafter. And verse 2, and immediately I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Now, why am I doing that? Because people today... First lady, listen, they don't believe Jesus is the king. See, when you said Jesus hadn't come yet, then you're saying he is not the king yet. If he's sitting on the throne, what does a king do? Sits on the throne. So when the Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, means Jesus is seated on his throne. Because people do not believe he deserved to be there. Most people you talk to, yeah, we're going to crown him. We're gonna, you're not going to do nothing to Jesus. Jesus is sitting on the throne, crowned already. He's Lord of Lords, King of Kings. He's both Lord and Christ. Watch this. Revelation chapter 4 and verse number 2 said he sat on the throne. Verse 3 said and he that sat on the throne was looked upon like a jasper. 
a sodden stone. There's a rainbow around about him, the throne, in the sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty elders, four and twenty seats. And upon the seat I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed with white raiment. They had on their head crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightning and thunderings and voices. And there was a seven lamps of fire burning on the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. In the midst of the throne, round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. And the first beast was like a lion, the second beast like a calf, the third beast had the face of a man, and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within. And they rest not day or night, saying, Don't drop your cup. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, which is, and is to come. And when those beasts gave glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fell down before him that sat on the throne and they worship him that liveth forever and ever, cast their crowns, not you, they cast their crown before the throne saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Watch this. For thou hast created all things. Do you know who you're talking about? Thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. I'm not done with you. Go to Revelation 5 and 9. See, you got to understand, to say God has finished his work is the same as to say, give him glory for what he has done. Give him the praise and the honor for what he has done. Stop questioning what he's done. When people tell you Jesus hadn't come yet, you, you leave that alone. Just tell me, show me, show me in the word. Revelation 5, 9. And they sung a new hymn. They sung a new song, Cassandra, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seal thereof. For thou was slain. See over here. Thou was slain. See, he is that was and is and is to come. Thou was slain. And has redeemed us to God by thy blood. Out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. Made us under our God kings and priests. And we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne. And the beasts and the elders. And the number of them were ten thousands times ten thousands and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor 
and glory and blessings. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such are in the sea and all that are in them, heard I saying, blessings and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth on the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts says, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshiped him forever and forever. Jesus is Lord. He's both Lord and Christ. So when you don't think he has finished his work, come on. Why would they be saying in heaven, Thou art worthy? Why don't we say that here? See, on earth we question him. On earth they're praising him and rejoicing. Thou art worthy. Why, he's sitting on his throne. That's not what the church doing. The church saying he ain't finished his work. He got something else to do. Let me show you something else. I showed you this morning the timeline. I'm not going to be able to go back through that again. Get this morning tape. Let's go to Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. Show you one more. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. For you who don't think he is already king, Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. He that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and righteousness doth he judge and make war. His eyes was as a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no man knew it but himself. He was clothed with a vestal dipped in blood. His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he shall smite the nations. He shall rule them with a rod of iron. He treaded the winepress of the filthiness and wrath of the Almighty God. He has on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. Somebody give him praise in this house. Hallelujah. He is Lord. But I want to show you something. What I want to take you to now is, you know, when you see in the Word of God why Jesus came, we talked about that. But I want to show you that Jesus came to do the Father's will. When you understand this, you want to find out how did, and that's what I want to be able to get into, how did people know when Jesus was coming? How did Paul know that Jesus was coming? See, I read you, let's go back to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we'll start there. I'm going to show you, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul is going to say something. Now, I'm giving a, I'm giving a quiz to my door of faith audience. My question is, how did he know? How did he know? 
My question is, once again, what? How did he know? Now, I'm going to give you the answer, then I'm going to bag up and show it to you. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, that's where we left off. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I'm sorry, and verse 1. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 1. That's where we're at right now. Are you there? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 1. Here it is. Now we beseech you, brothers, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. Now in your Bible, this was written in A.D. 49 through A.D. 54. Not 2020 news. 2,000 years ago. The coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our, 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 our gathering unto him. That you be not soon shaken in mind. All right, we read that this morning. Now, we talked about the man of sin down to verse 4 this morning. That's as far as we went. Then I want to go to verse 8 now. Let's drop down to verse 8. I'm not going to be able to read all that again. Paul warned the church, but he told him the way you're going to know there'll be a falling away. First, the man of sin will be come in the temple. We know the temple is not here anymore, so we can't be talking about now. But then in verse number 8, what we want to show. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall, watch this, consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy. So the Lord is going to consume him and destroy him the brightness of his coming. So we, to say Jesus hadn't come, you are saying the devil has not been consumed and the devil had not been destroyed. So I'm going to show you some things. Hopefully I get to that. But I want to back up because I want you to see. Let's go to, the, let's go to Matthew. Matthew chapter 24, 27. Matthew 24, 27. Let's give you some history here. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 27. See, like I said, I've been ministering 40 years, and I don't just take people's word at it. I go steady. And that's what I had to do. For so long, I preached Jesus coming. Because I preached what they told me. Until I began to run into dead ends. Something wrong with that message. And then I went to the Lord, I went to the Holy Spirit, and he showed me the answer. That's what you need to do. Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, and we want to start off with verse number 27. Matthew 24, 27. For as the lightning cometh out the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will be also the eagle be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be darkened, the moon shall not give her light. Stars shall fall from heaven, the powers of heaven shall be shaken. Verse number 30. And then shall appear the sign, not the Son of Man, but the sign. The sign of the Son of Man, here it is. And then shall the tribes 
of the earth mourned. Let's show you the tribes. The tribes of the earth going to mourn. Well, who is that? We don't have tribes in, 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 in the body of Christ. All right, so let's go back. Let's go over to Acts. Let's show you the tribe. Come right back. Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26. And we're going to start reading with verse 4. Let's show you the tribe of the earth. Now the word earth there is Jerusalem, the promised land. Or uh, Israel, the tribe of Israel. All right, here we go. Acts 26, 4. My man of life for my youth which was at first among my own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify, that after the most straight, straightest sect of our religion, I live the Pharisee. And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto the fathers, under which promise our twelve tribes how many? Don't drop your cup. Twelve tribes. Israel had what? Twelve tribes. All right. All those tribes, if you study the book of Numbers, ran from two and three and four thousand people per tribe. All right. It says, for the hope of the promise made of God to our fathers, unto which the promise of our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. They were waiting for him to come. Now, you know you're not waiting for the Lord to come, and you're no tribe. All right. Now, let's go back to Matthew when Jesus is speaking and verse number 30. Isn't this so good? Yeah. It's good when you got the word, and you don't have to go by what people said. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 30 says, Then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, or the tribes of Israel, they're going to mourn. I'm going to show you in the word of God that that was prophesied and it was fulfilled. Tribes of the earth are going to mourn, and watch this, and they. So you know you're not the tribe, the tribe of the earth shall mourn, and the tribe of the earth shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He shall send his angels with a great sign of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect. You are not the elect also. I'm going to show you that in Isaiah 50, 45, verse 4. Israel is my elect. Isaiah 45, verse 4. Israel is my elect. They shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heaven to the other. That word heaven there is Jerusalem. See, you just got to know what the word says. That's why the Bible said heaven and earth are going to pass away. That was Jerusalem and the temple and all of Israel are going to pass away. The 144,000. Pass away, remember me, fulfill. All right. Now, we're in, we in Matthew chapter 27. And while you're there, let's do verse 34. Matthew 24, 34. This generation. Jesus said, I, I say to you, this generation shall not pass 
till all these things be fulfilled. You don't have to turn to the good news. I don't know if you're quick enough to do that, but I'm going to quote it. The good news said people who are now living will not die. People who are now living, very, very, I said to you, this generation not pass all things be fulfilled. The people who are now living shall not die until all of this is fulfilled, Miss Crump. Can't be talking about us, can you? No. But let's go and show them some things, because I asked them a question. And so I want to go to, I showed them the tribe of the earth going to mourn. Let's go to Zechariah 12 and 9. Before you got to Malachi in the Old Covenant, if you go to Malachi, which is the last book before Matthew, and back up, you get to Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 12. Let's go back there. Zechariah chapter 12. We want to see about these tribes of the earth going to mourn. Did Zechariah say that? Sure he did. Zechariah 12 and 9. See, all of this was fulfilled in prophecy. That's what you got to God to is prophecy. Zechariah 12 and 9, there it is. And it shall come to pass in that day. I will seek to destroy all nations that come against Jerusalem. I will pour out upon the house of David, upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem, watch this, the spirit of grace. Did he pour out his spirit upon them? Acts chapter 2. And supplication. And they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him. They shall mourn. Why were they mourning? The 12 tribes, why were they mourning? They're mourning for him because they realize they killed the wrong man. They mourn for him that one that mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. When Israel realized they killed their prince, the man that was sent to save them, deliver them, and everything else, they killed him. But when they realized that they had killed the wrong man, they mourned. And verse 11 say, in that day there shall be a great mourning. Israel was mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of the Hayden Rimmon in the valley of Megiddo. And the land shall mourn every family. They begin to separate every family and mourn because they realize we have killed the Messiah. Oh yeah, they mourn. Look at James. What I want to know is, how did James know Jesus was coming? James 5, 7. Can somebody tell me, how did James know? James chapter 5, verse 7. Paul knew. How did he know? James chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Well, how do you know he's coming, James? Remember, James is writing his book before Jesus came in AD 70. Now it is AD 60. James, how do you know he's coming? James said to them in AD 60, Be patient, therefore, brothers, to the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waited for the precious fruit of the earth, has long patience for it until he received the early and latter rain. Be ye therefore patient. Establish our heart. The coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold the judge standing before the door. 
How in the world did you know that, James? How do you know the the judge was standing before the door? I'm going to give you the answer, but I'm asking you out there. How did he know? Let me show it to you. Matthew 24, 36. I'm quite sure you've heard this before. Matthew 24, 36. Remember I read that verse 34? Verse 35 said, Heaven and earth shall pass away, remember? But my word shall not pass away. And verse 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Watch this. Where was the Father? When Jesus came to this earth, where was the Father? The Father was in the Son. The Son came in the Father's name. Jesus said, I am come in thy Father's name. Yeah, he came in the Father's name. What an awesome thing to know that Jesus Christ had come. What an awesome thing to know that he had given us his word. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 36, but of that day and hour, knowing no man, know not the angels of heaven, but my fathers only. Now, people taught that to me as I was growing up. Crump ain't no way you could know this. Crump ain't no way you could know this. Because nobody can know but the father. Even the father, only the son don't even know crump. But the Holy Ghost showed me something. They were still before the cross, Miss Crump. Now, let's go to the Gospel of St. John, chapter 16, verse 12. See, they're over here telling you in Matthew, oh, no man can know the day or the hour. Jesus said, you can't know this kind of stuff. You can't know when Jesus came. See, people today are telling me today, no, no way you can know Jesus came, Crump. Your problem is you don't understand the scriptures. When Jesus told them that, he was in the gospel of Matthew and he was before the cross. Let's see what happened after he died and sent the Holy Ghost. John 16 and 12. Oh, hallelujah. The gospel of St. John chapter 16 and verse 12. I have many things, Jesus is going to say. I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. Where was Jesus at before the cross? Before the cross, before he died, he told his disciples, I have many things to say to you. You can't bear them now. You can't understand them now. But, hallelujah. But the next verse says, John 16 and verse number 13 says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come? When the Holy Ghost come. Hallelujah. Somebody give him praise out there. When the Holy Ghost comes, he will guide you into all truth. Sure. No man know the day or the hour when Jesus was coming. 
Jesus had many things to say that they did not understand. But come on this side of the cross. And the Holy Ghost has come now. The spirit of truth has come. Now, now. Somebody said now. Now I like the way your, grand, your mother said that, Sister Crump. Now. How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. How much truth? All truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. That's what he did with James. That's what he did with Jesus. That's what he did with Peter. That's what he did with Paul. He showed them what was coming, things to come. And then in verse 14, he shall glorify me. He shall receive a mind and show it unto you. Jesus told his disciples, listen, when the Holy Ghost comes, he's going to receive everything I've been talking to you about. He's going to show it to you. Mm-hmm. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I say to you, he shall take a mind and show it unto you. A little while and you shall not see me. And again a little while and you shall see me because I go to the Father. So why, how, how did James know that the judge was standing at the door? Mm, mm, mm. Watch Matthew 25, 13. Let's go back there. Matthew 25, 13. Oh, I love this stuff. Oh, this word just sets my soul on fire. Matthew 25 and verse 13. Watch what Jesus said. Watch therefore, you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. You don't know. Watch. You don't know when I'm coming. Somebody said watch. You don't know when he's coming. But that was on this side of the cross. Over here before Jesus died, buried and raised again from the dead, before he gave the Holy Ghost, he told them to watch. You don't know the day or the hour when I'm coming. But let's, go, let's, let's find out. The Apostle Paul knew. How did he know? Holy Ghost showed him. Peter, how did he know? Holy Ghost showed him. James, how did you know? Holy Ghost showed me. John, how do you know? The Holy Ghost showed me. Everything that's in the book, watch this, Sister Crump, First Lady. God gave John the whole book of Revelation, and the church won't even read it. Told him about Jesus coming. Everything in the book of Revelation is telling you about Jesus coming and what he did and how he fulfilled the Father's work, and yet people would have been talked out of it. Isn't that something? God don't want us to read that book. Who told you? Who told you that God do not want you to have your inheritance, which is his wisdom and knowledge and understanding? You've been lied to. Watch this. How did Paul know? I told you to turn to Matthew chapter 25, right? And verse 13, I just read that. Let's go to Romans 13, 11. We got time for a couple more. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Paul, how do you know this stuff? Let's see what Paul says. 
Romans chapter 13, verse 11. How does he know? Romans 13, 11. And that knowing the time. How in the world you know the time, Paul? You better than somebody else? Paul said, and that knowing the time. That now it is high time to wake out of your sleep. Now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is first spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the arm of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in riots and drunkenness, chambering, wanting and strife and envy. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. Make no provision for your flesh to fulfill your flesh. It's time. It's drawing nigh. It's time to wake out of your sleep. Now is our salvation near than when we believe. How did he know? How did he know that Jesus was near to come? Because he had received the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. Oh my God, I got three whole minutes. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 11. Oh, this is just so good. Now all these, this is what Paul's saying now, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11. Now all these things happened to them for an example, talking about our fathers in the wilderness. But they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Paul, how do you know the ends of the world are come? The Holy Ghost told him. Are you believing it is the key. Holy Ghost told him. Let's look at Peter. 1 Peter 5, 7. How do you know, Peter? Boy, you go and look at what these guys are saying, and then you got people in the body of Christ don't even believe what they're saying. You got the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost spoke to bear witness. 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end... 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things... Peter, how in the world do you know all this stuff? Right now, Peter, it is A.D. 60. How do you know? Peter said, listen, 1 Peter 4, 7. The end of all things of that hand. The end of all things of that hand. Let me go back and show you what Jesus, let me show you what Jesus Christ going to say to this man before he died. Let's go back to Matthew. I think I want 26, Matthew 26, I think. Not I'll find it, the Holy Ghost showed it to me. Let's go back to Matthew when Jesus, before Jesus Christ died. Here it is. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. Matthew 26, 64. Matthew 26, 64. Jesus Christ was here, brought before Caiaphas. Let's start reading in verse number 61. Let's back up. We got a minute. Verse 61. And he said, this fellow said, I am able to store the temple of God and build it in three days. And the high priest arose said unto him, Answer thou nothing? What is it? Which these witness against you? Jesus held his peace. The high priest answered, said unto him, I'll jure you 
by the living God that you tell us whether you be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus looked him in the face. And Jesus said to him, Thou hast said. I say to you hereafter, shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power. You're going to see me sitting on my throne. You're going to see me sitting on my throne, sitting on the right hand of power. And then you're going to see me coming in the clouds of heaven. Make sure you put that on the screen for me. You're going to see me. Isn't there something? Hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Here's the point. He says, Caiaphas, you're the high priest. You're going to see me. You, you didn't get it. Caiaphas, you're the high priest. You're going to see me sitting on the throne and coming in the clouds of heaven. That means Caiaphas had to be still alive when Jesus came back. My time is up. I thank you for yours. And the door of faith is open unto you. Watch this. This is salvation. Christ died, buried, raised again from the dead. If you want eternal life, put your faith in Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. Get a chance to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1, 2, and 3. Christ died for our sins. He was buried. God raised him again from the dead for our justification. My time is already gone. I thank you for yours and the door of faith is open unto you. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.